0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical, DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family which is biological by nature, love-logical by choice, DNA not required. Well, hello, 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 everyone. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you tonight from, as it said, the podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. I have a wonderful, energetic guest in the house tonight. And she has her hobby along with her. I have the great, wonderful, I'm going to say um, author. I'm going to say spoken word poet. I'm going to say artist. I'm talking about the girl can do some art. I'm talking about <laughs> as far as painting and everything, all types of art. Like, there's nothing she can't do. And I am also going to say she is a racial activist. She wants to make sure that we all understand that we are family. DNA not required.
2: Amen. This
1: this whole United States, it don't matter what our color is, what our religion is, what our ethnicity is. When it comes down to it, we are one big extended family. And that's one of the things Alicia Davis, what makes me love her so much is because she truly understands and embraces my DNA not required because we are of one heart. Amen. We are on one heart when it comes to making sure that this world is a better place and her better half. (laughs) (laughs) mr ben davis who got his own school in indianapolis now there's a ben davis high school in indianapolis (laughs) mr ben davis right here by her side when alicia's performing he's right there when she needs him you know to be in perform on stage too you perform too but you're also in the background yes yes he does a lot of stuff in the background he is truly a rock a man a husband um a, a child of god everything you could think of there's not enough that you could say positive from what i have learned about her husband thank
2: you Amen.
1: so yes so closer to your microphones please people yes. let's Amen. he says yes <laughs> As you all can see, those of you who um, are seeing and others listening, the who can see can see the big smile, who can listen can hear the big smile cuz it's always there. She always has joy on her face. Is Thank she always like this being?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Always has joy on her face. So you can't be in the same room and not feel joy. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you, Lord.
1: Because it radiates. Mm-hmm. Woo! It radiates. The now. Bubbly it does. Yes. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask, what was how old were you when you first decided that okay, this is me. I am an artistic person, I have creativity, and I
2: wanna use it. Mm. Short answer, I was age twenty-four. Oh wow. And um but I have been writing poetry since elementary school. Mm-hmm. So in my mind it was a hobby, mm-hmm. just a little something I did to cope um, with a lot of the trauma I was going through as a child. Mm-hmm. And even though I received encouragement um, from time to time, I did not take it seriously as my calling until I was 24 years old. Really? Yes, yes.
0: And yeah, she had somebody tell her, our old minister of music. Yes, yes. She said, you said, this is really good because <laughs> she was just doing it for, for her own therapeutic you know, she was, oh, sorry, <laughs> she was just doing poetry for herself mm-hmm. and she wasn't sharing it until she was provoked by somebody who actually heard some of it said, you need to share this. And she was yes. like, oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I I mean, I knew it was helpful because it was helping to heal myself. But it wasn't until one day I shared it with this lady from my church, mm-hmm. which was a God thing anyway, because I, like I said, for si- over 16 years, I, didn't, I wasn't sharing It on a regular basis. When I was in elementary school, I was, I did go to a city council meeting and um, share poetry about violence prevention Mm -hmm. to the city council. But I just thought they did it because I was youth, you know, just a a young person. They wanted, you know, people believe the children are our future. So I just thought I was representing my generation. I didn't know I was really going as a poet. And then um, in high school, I was featured in uh, one of the local papers. But I just thought, you know, it just happened to be a good poem, you know. I still didn't think that uh, it was uh, bigger than just something for me to cope until that day when she said, you should share it with someone else. So I shared it with someone else, and then they received a breakthrough. Okay. And I was looking like, what? So then I started <laughs> sharing it with more people, and I started seeing more people get delivered and just find peace and healing. And I'm like, Lord, this is not this is not a hobby. So it's, it's a longer story in how— um, I just yes. accepted that it's it was a divine assignment. Okay. To help help others heal. So yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. So twenty-four. And see the thing is I'm I'm shocked because usually you hear, Oh, I was I was I was too you know? <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I was this. So it took you to twenty-four before you truly realized. And that was the poetic side. Yes. Mm-hmm. What about the artistic side that writes plays and that's the that writes skits or that's painting on canvas um, and things like that? Where does where does she come out? When does she
2: come out? Lord have mercy. OK, I, I need at least five minutes to tell this story. OK, we're listening. <laughs> OK. Y'all got time, don't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> you listening. OK, so. You know how humility can take you a long way, right? Yes. I I learned that uh, this day. So, okay, so I told you that I was 24 when I started sharing my poetry professionally, Mm -hmm. when I actually started telling people I'm a spoken word poet. Mm -hmm. So I did the first thing that most artists do, you know, just want to go full time and uh, just let that be your only job and um, just want to just only be known for your gift. Uh Mm -hmm. So, I kind of quit my job a little bit and (laughs) just uh, wanted to only be a poet. But then I started having hard times. So I literally had to humble myself and go get a job. I started looking for a regular job. Mm -hmm. So, but I I was ambitious. So I was like, let me go down to Cobble Hall. There was a job fair. The NAACP was doing a job fair. So I said, let me catch the bus. Do you hear me? Let me catch the bus to the job fair. Now, this is somebody who was thinking they're going to change the world with their poetry. How old were you? Um. At this point, I was 25. Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm like, okay, let me go down to the job fair. I go to the job fair, make some contacts, you know, pass out the resume, have my business suit on. And then I'm like, okay, I'm at the Riverwalk. Let me go to the, let me just go sit at the river, mm-hmm. I guess. Because I didn't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the river in my business suit. And to my right was a group of artists mm-hmm. just painting and talking and, they were talking about social consciousness and I i had literally just became socially conscious that year. Okay. um, Like a year ago, should I say? And I'm listening to them talk and I just couldn't hold it anymore because I wanted to say something. And so I literally got up mm-hmm. and I started saying, excuse me, pardon me. I know y'all don't know me, but I, I can't hear, I can't help but tell you, I, I hear your conversation. I'm very passionate about what you're talking about. Can I please share my thoughts? And they were like, you know in their 30s and 40s and 50s and here I am 25. Uh-huh. want to add to their conversation to a group of strangers mm-hmm. that are artists. And so I started sharing my thoughts and they were really moved by what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing that happened was um, one of the artists said, "Do do you paint?" I said, "No, I no, I'm just a poet." He said, "I want to see what you I want to see what you will paint." So, he gave me his uh, his palette, his uh, paint, his brushes, set up an easel. And I'm in my business suit. Really? Yes. And I and I and I'm like I, I'm very spontaneous. And uh, oh, we can tell. We can tell. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I was up for the challenge. So I had never painted anything in my life. So what I did was I just painted something I used to draw when I was a kid in in elementary school. Like literally, it's coming back to me. Uh, some of the things I used to draw in art class. And here I have a beautiful painting. And they were like, oh, we want you to come. Paint with us. I want you to come down to the river and paint with us. So I, I was, I told you I was looking for a job, right? And they said, I think if you, if you uh, do some painting, uh, give it a couple of weeks, and you, you'll be able to sell some of your paintings. So I'm like, okay, so, <laughs> give it a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, right? Because he said I was a natural. Uh-huh. So I go back down to the river, and I get there. Now this particular artist, he was a, a professor at. Uh, CCS, the College for Creative Studies. Mm-hmm. And um, the, his other friend, they all had been painting like 20, 30 years. So they had a lot of knowledge on painting. Mm-hmm. So when I get down there, I'm thinking, I'm just going to paint what I want to paint. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually started trying to coach me mm-hmm. on painting. When I didn't like that. I had an attitude problem at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't like them telling me what to do and telling me all these principles and rules. and mm-hmm. And so... Because I, you know, my mind was just offended, and you know, I'm a poet, I'm a, I want to express myself, I want to paint. I said, I'm not coming back down there. Uh-huh. So after two days, I, I literally told my mama, I said, I am going down in history as the artist with the shortest career. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I went back, that's another long story, but I uh-huh. went back down, and then um, it actually grew my character as a person. To uh, spend that summer painting with them, so that's how I ended up being an artist.
1: How long did it take you to before you sold a painting?
2: Literally about uh, two weeks. Like seriously, like maybe even a week. Right down there on the Mm waterfront. Yes, people. As I was painting, people were uh, you know wanting to buy things I wasn't even done with. It it blew my mind. Wow, that is how that. So after I had like a series, I found out it was a series. (laughs) After I had a series of paintings. I I was standing by the river walk. I mean, I was standing at the Detroit River and I looked at the water and I just said, the sky is not the limit. The sky is not the limit. Because I said the sky was the limit when I became a poet. Now I have this other talent I didn't know about. Yeah. And I said, "Okay, the sky is not the limit. And that's how my first poetry book got its title. Yeah. Wow. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes.
2: So, and you
1: know, so you had the sky is not the limit. Mm -hmm. And then you had from hatred to healing. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. And those of you who can see the H's that's on her chest, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's from hatred to healing. And if you see, it's a black H coming into the white H to bring them both together to complete the letter. And that's from the racial reconciliation of bringing us all together. And even though here in the United States, we seem to have this divide, Mm -hmm. you have people like us that feel as if that divide is totally unnecessary because we truly need to act as one. Yes. And there's more issues between the black and white, it seems like, than anything else. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: i mean we of course we don't like compete because some people compete with pain no but we we literally we literally yes. do have some deep 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 wounds
1: we do yes. we have some deep wounds mm-hmm. that need to be taken care of you can't put a band-aid over it no yes. you no. know they need to be healed yes. amen from the inside out yes, yes. Many people are so hurt you know, and I know we talk about traumas and things that we have in life, but you have people who are walking around with hurt for something that happened to our ancestors yeah. and that's a hurt that I can't hold on to mm. you know, I was one of the people who fortunately utilized anstr- ancestry dot com years ago wow. before mm-hmm. it became popular wow. yeah i I found that my family. Came from Edisto Island, South Carolina as slaves. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I found the plantation that they were slaves on. Wow. And I took a trip there. Wow. Me and my daughter. Mm. And that was healing for me. Yes. Because that made me realize the reality of had they not made it here. Yes. Had they not fought and survived. Yes. I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: Amen. That's my, I wouldn't be here. That's my father's from South Carolina, too. So, okay. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: So yeah. Wow. My family is the Bailey family. Wow. I would not be here had it not been for those strong mm-hmm. generational roots. Yes. Amen. And then I went on to do Ancestry.com and found out that I'm from the Ghana, Togo area. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. You know,
1: 73% wow. African American. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's strong. Yes, yes. It's yes, strong. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. my mother's, you know, my mother's family, my father's family, you still got those Caucasian roots. Yes. You know, I have relatives who are dark skinned with blue eyes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. you know, and that's just it's it's in the genetic pool. Yes. Yeah. I have a granddaughter. She was born with her blue eyes. Hers changed from blue to green to gray and everything. Doctors question that's because I carry a recessive blue eye gene and her mother's Caucasian. You know, so and we all have recessive genes. Yes. So when you talk to from hate, talk about from hatred to healing and putting black and white together, our blood is all flowing through each other's veins. Yes, it
0: is. It really is. Yes.
2: You know, and I just that's why I love it. Mm hmm. Thank you.
0: We, we have, love each other.
2: Yeah, see, that, that reminds me of a um conversation I had. I went to a a speaker's conference mm-hmm. last month, and someone had a a valid point, um, but it still uh, needed some some guidance. Mm-hmm. So one of the things he said was he, he didn't like how I used the word racial reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's a it's a common um question because they said they say that. Um, how can we reconcile if we never uh, basically been conciled? Like to reconcile is to uh like repair and and we've we've always been this way. Mm. And I I validated what he said in terms of I understand your point of view. If you look at humanity mm-hmm. from those inches in the timeline, mm-hmm. but we cannot look at um or should I say we cannot erase the millennials of history of humanity before this nation was established or any nation was established. Mm-hmm. So um, it's reconciliation because um, when you look at not from, from the standpoint of the nation, but the standpoint of creation, mm-hmm. we have to really broaden. We really have to broad, And I know it's hard. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard. I, um, when I was in a dark place, because I, I thank God for the joy that y'all that y'all talked about today, mm-hmm. but it it came with it came after healing. Mm-hmm. It came after deliverance, um, and when I say deliverance, I mean taking me from hatred to healing, yes. like somebody delivering a package from one place to the next place. It was a journey in between because mm-hmm. there was a time when I lost my joy, I lost my frown. So during that time. I mean to say, I, I got a frown. You had a frown. You yes. lost that smile. I lost that smile. I, mm-hmm. but, but it is true. I did lose my frown. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. I came back around. But <laughs> um, when I was in that dark place, the, the best way for me to sc- describe it is having tunnel vision, only seeing part of the picture. In my case, it was the problem. Mm-hmm. And I studied that problem for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, having tunnel vision in a wide landscape. So, I was missing uh, the the full equation, and when I looked at it from that standpoint, it it, in my mind you might as well thought human beings started in the 1600s and the 1500s. So I understand how people can think it's not reconciliation, but it is. It is because mankind um, did not start four or five hundred years ago. No, no. But I look at it when I look
1: at your racial reconciliation. I'm looking at it from a standpoint as of today and with self, yes, Amen. and I'm talking about each individual person mm-hmm. because there are mm-hmm. so many of us, and I say us speaking of humans, yes, there's so many of us that need to reconcile what's happened to us yes. and what's and reconcile what's happening to us and those around us. Amen.
0: And that's what she's really and that is to discover. Recon- right. Yeah. That is yeah. reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. How, how can you love your brother if you don't love yourself or if you have so many broken issues with yourself? Mm-hmm. So that's why so many relationships right now are so damaged because mm-hmm. there's so many people who have so many things that's inside of them. Even these people who are going out and shooting people, like you're shooting people you don't even know. Don't know. So you have so much pain and so much things going on inside of you that needs to be worked on and fixed that is causing you to be irrational.
1: And see, to me, a lot of the the stuff that's been going on, and yeah, we get deep sometimes too. <laughs> but some of the stuff that's going on is coming from like that that underground cesspool, and people are listening to yes. all of the negativity. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, from that cesspool, Mm -hmm. they're listening to the negativity and what was inside of their minds that may have been a thought, but they wouldn't have acted upon. Mm -hmm. It's like that negativity is making them boil over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to look at people and they're truly thinking that something is being taken from them that belongs to them. Yes. And then they're acting on it by going out shooting people. Acting out. And the thing, what it really boils down to is... This is an equal opportunity society. Nobody owns anything here or shouldn't own mm. anything here. Mm. You know, if it shouldn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Indian, Armenian or whatever, whatever you are, wherever you come from, it shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, we all if we all have the same credentials, we should all be able to be eligible for the same job. Yes. Mexicans aren't coming here taking anything from us. Because if they got the job, it was theirs. It wasn't yours. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you we, know,
2: I, we we do have some um, inequalities to keep working. We on. We do, we do yeah. have yeah. some in, inequities to work on, mm-hmm. but not enough to kill somebody. No, over. right, right, right. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand what yeah. you're yeah,
1: saying. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Not enough to kill yes. somebody mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. You have to get beyond, get past that. There are things that I get upset about. I get upset about the trucking industry because that affects me. Wow. Yeah. You know. I get upset about that. You Mm. know, the trucking industry where it used to be some load was $4 a mile. And now somebody wants to give you a dollar 50 cent from it because they, because people have gotten into the industry. that don't know the industry Mm. and their thought is, well, I'm going to underbid so that I can get this. Mm. And they're running the rates down. But my thing is, right. My thing is learn what you're doing. Yes. Become educated within yourself. Mm. So that that way you won't be attacked. Yes. Because you'll know the right way to go about things. Yes. I guess yes. that's just the only way that I can put it right now.
2: Well, um I, I wanna piggyback back on what being said a a couple minutes ago. Don't piggyback on being. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about how people have unprocessed pain. Yes. yes. And unprocessed trauma. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was in that dark tunnel, Lord have mercy, of hopelessness. Mm. You know, um, the dark tunnel of hopelessness. Not only did I not have hope about um, society and Mm -hmm. that we will never um, have unity and that this was our um, prognosis, should I say, as a nation, that it's terminal. We're going to die and it's going to be over. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was in that, a dark place of hopelessness, I also had hopelessness in other areas of my life mm-hmm. um, okay I had hopelessness uh in my family mm-hmm. situation we had it was it was um a lot of estrangement going on mm-hmm. um a lot of elephants in the room, skeletons mm-hmm. in the closet, things swept under the rug that wasn't being solved so it was hard for me if a family cannot get it together. how is a nation?
1: Get going together. to get it together. Yes. You know. I want to say preach.
2: <laughs> we, hey, now. I will. She does. I will. Say so yes. like, yes. preach. Yes. <laughs> and so my <laughs> hopelessness was being fed mm. by the brokenness of my family. Do you hear me? Okay. And when I asked the Lord to work on me, start with me. Start with me. Um, And I started forgiving my parents. I started um, making amends. Um, literally, it gave me so much hope. Mm-hmm. So much hope in what can happen in other families, what can happen in other communities. Yes. Um, what can happen, in, like, literally, we cannot look at the future through our soul wounds. I mean, we, we, we would give up. It would be hopeless. If, if we can't trust God with our lives and with our family. It seems irrational to say we can heal our nation, but we can trust them with our lives. We can trust them with our families. And so that's one of the things that differentiates um, my message from a lot of the other racial um, healing, racial reconciliation messages, because I know what it's like to have hopelessness in multiple areas of life. I no longer approach this solution just with one mission. Racial healing. We have to heal the whole person. Mm-hmm. We can't tell people. Or force or provoke people. To have difficult conversations. With complete strangers. <laughs> about. Racial anxiety.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They don't even look their mama in the face. Mm. That's true. They don't even look their husband in the face. Mm. They can't even connect. It is unrealistic. It is irresponsible. So I hope to. Help people heal and mature and grow in their own personal lives. And let let what happens in society be an extension of that. Mm -hmm. That's deep. Mm -hmm. It's real. Mm -hmm.
1: Amen. It's real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Alicia's husband has a shirt on and it says argument is crossed out. And then it says conversation in green, which, you know, green is life amen and <laughs> then it's got her hatred to heal healing symbol underneath and that says a lot yes. of what you said we need to heal, but we also need to have that open conversation with ourselves mm-hmm. and then move about you mm-hmm. know and that that says a lot mm-hmm. you know and you to acknowledge. Where, where you've been, what you've been through to get where you are. Are you doing like um, life coaching or anything like that right now? Oh, my goodness. Is that a part of what like you're doing? <laughs> no, because I'm seriously that when I'm listening to you talk, mm-hmm. I figured, OK, now she's got another job that I don't know about. She's a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> because I, am I right? Doesn't you know, she sound like a life right. coach?
0: You're, well, she does lecture and go speak to the youth. She yes. did a wonderful job last month.
2: I'm a keynote speaker, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I do share a lot of the things and the milestones mm-hmm. that help me on my journey that's helping a lot of lives. But my mentor, uh, Shannon Etheridge, she she told me, you need to get your life coaching uh, degree because mm-hmm. people are going to want more from you. So you just confirm something. <laughs> they, I mean, they are going to want more.
1: <laughs> yes. They
2: are. <laughs> and I just I, it's just so
1: wonderful. But I'm going to tell you one thing that I've enjoyed here I've enjoyed listening to you, but I've also enjoyed watching your husband listen to you <laughs> as if it's the first time he's heard you talk. And I know that it's not. <laughs> I know that it's not. But I could also see him hurting for you mm-hmm. um, at one point when you when your your face, uh, you can I could see that you went back into that moment momentarily. And I yeah. saw him hurting for you at that time. Yes, that's love.
2: Ooh, see now you about to make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> now you about to make me get even more transparent. That's love. Okay, so I told I talked to you about that dark tunnel, yes. mm-hmm. of hopelessness. So I had a lot of trauma in my childhood that I tried to face the wrong way. Mm. Um, I'm going to be doing d- developing a talk on. Facing the past the wrong way.
1: Hmm.
2: And that came from just my experience of trying to confront my past. One, without faith. Mm-hmm. There was a time in my life where I left the church. I, I, I had the church hurt wounds and, uh, you know, just left the church and be, thought I was just leaving my church home and was going to find another church. Mm-hmm. Ended up leaving the Christian faith and became an atheist. That's a whole other story. Okay, So during during that time— um. I started facing, confronting people in my family Mm. about things, and it was too much for my mind. I mean, I had lost my job, lost my home. Uh, It was just a series of losses and series of stresses. I literally lost my mind. Okay. I lost my mind. Um, I, I had a break from reality, trying to face the past the wrong way. Now, it's not my fault that I, I was traumatized. It's not my <clears throat> fault that I was abused. And it's not my fault. A lot of things was not my fault. Right. A lot of you listening out there, a lot mm-hmm. of things is not your fault. No. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I hadn't been coached on how to make these uh, repairs. So I just did it the best way I knew how. And it was in an unhealthy way. First, I wasn't praying. I did it with hopelessness. Mm. I did it just from a confrontational point of view. And it was at a horrible time in my life because, like I said, I had a lot of multiple stressors. So I ended up losing my mind. Now, Ben knew me for 10 years before this happened. Okay. So thank God this was not his introduction to me. Okay. You know, he saw me um, just thrive as a young woman, you know, grow and blossom into a wonderful young woman. So um, we... Reconnected. It's a whole nother story. You might have to have us back on. Some. Okay, I'm. I'm. Mean, I I we're God good. I just reinvited yes. myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, all right because I was already ready for the invite. I'm like, okay, so. we got half an hour.
2: Let's go. Come. Oh, on.
1: Okay, we good. Okay, yeah, okay. we good.
2: So, um, we uh, we had reconnected. We we, we there was a time we was not connected. Then we now I'm
1: asking for ages here because that way people kind of get okay, a I'm t- I'm
2: 37. She just, just a baby.
0: Ter- I just turned 50. Okay, I was
2: 27. We got okay. married. He was 39. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, he's 13 years older than me. That's
1: Mm -hmm. all right. You have the maturity level, so you probably needed it.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Look at us. Mm. (laughs) So, okay, so let me speed this story up. Mm -hmm. I started healing more and started repairing myself. Um, Not myself, because with the help of the Lord, of course, my Mm -hmm. support system. I went to therapy, went to counseling, all that stuff, even took medication. And then, um, after we got married... uh, more stress came. I lost my mind again. And I'm like, we were only married two years. And I end up voluntarily going into a psychiatric hospital. Okay. And when I tell you, it was my first time having a visiting, a visitor at the hospital. And I was ashamed, you know? Like, oh, my gosh, I'm a newlywed. My husband's about to visit me in this mental hospital. Lord, have mercy. So, it was a horrible experience where I was treated like a criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a whole another story about that, but so I had to get in a single file line and uh, you know go into this cafeteria for he, visiting time. Yeah, and for only visiting, had visiting time.
0: time only twice a week.
2: Yeah, twice really? a week. Okay, was, don't get me started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was um, I didn't want to look him in the eye. I didn't want to look him in the eye. But I had to because he came to see me. Right. So I literally lifted my head up, looked at him. And that same look you talking about today, like it was the first time he saw me, that is the look he gave me when he saw me in that mental hospital. And I just thank God. I thank God. You knew. I knew
1: what? That he loved you.
2: Oh, I I knew he he was there. I know that he was gonna be there. Oh yeah, but that was the first time that ever happened. So really, yes, I didn't know he was. Who 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 knows when they get married, their husband's gonna visit them in a mental hospital.
1: No, but the thing is, when he ca- he came for one, yeah, there's a lot of men out here in today's world that may not have even come.
2: That's true. And mm-hmm.
1: then let alone to come, and when you look up and all you see is love looking back at you. Mm-hmm. That's deep, Ben. Give it, That's give
2: my, him that, give, give no, it to them. Yes. It to him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But I, I bring that up because people see my joy today mm-hmm. and they think it's out of ignorance. They think it's just, oh, you know, ignorance is bliss. No, no, no. The truth is bliss. Knowing who I am in God, knowing what God has called me to do, knowing who God is, what He says about all of us. We are made in his image. He knows us. He he has a plan for us. I could go on and on and on. The truth is bliss. So when people see me smiling, oh, that's Alicia Joy Davis. You know, she's always like this. Now, now I am always like this. Oh, she's not afraid. Oh, she's not worried. She doesn't know what it's like to be depressed. This is an overcomer. This is not an outsider. Do you know that most
1: people, most people who have the joy that you have, have been through the storm Mm. because the joy is on the other side. Tell them. And a lot of people don't realize what, 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 what roads it take to get there. Amen. So the last thing that I would have ever thought is that there's ignorance behind that joy (laughs) because I know to get where you are. It takes a lot. People are born with joy, Mm -hmm. but in order to maintain it,
0: Mm.
1: that's a journey. Amen. That's a journey.
0: Mm -hmm. Life is going to take you through some things.
1: Life is going to take you through Mm -hmm. some stuff. We were just talking before we started about just this year alone. Mm. I've had so many health issues this year, but you know what? I'm fighting it. I'm conquering it, and I keep on going. Yes. I'm going to lose people. I'm a game people,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm.
1: no matter what happens, I keep going yes. and you would not have that joy if you didn't keep going. Amen. And that time in the, in the, in the mental institution, I'm quite sure that that was a time necessary, not just for you. But for those who came after you, mm. for you to help them heal, too. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen.
2: Yes. Am I correct? Oh, yes. Yes. Are you talking about um, the people who uh, read my work or the people that was in the mental institution? No. People that were there
1: probably gained from you. Yes. But the people afterwards that throughout your life... Okay. That episode of your life has mm-hmm. probably healed so many people mm. yeah. because yeah. you've taken that experience and you shared it. Amen. So they don't have to be ashamed of the fact that maybe they were there or maybe they're going through what you've been through and they went to get help for themselves as a result. Mm. So we never know what our experiences are for because they're not always just for us.
2: Oh, no, that would be that would be such a waste. As a matter of yeah. fact, if I went through all this just for myself, <laughs> I, I, would, I would really be mad. <laughs> I would really be mad. Um, that would be a waste. That yes. would totally be a waste. Yeah. I've had
1: so many experiences in my life that I could probably write an encyclopedia mm. of experiences. But I know that each and every one of my experiences, negative or positive I've helped someone through their storm Amen. because I've been there. Beautiful. Beautiful. And yes. you know, people say, well, you've had so much happen to you. It makes me wonder, is this real? Is this real? Heck yeah. Yes. I've been through it. I'm one of those people that he said, Hey, she's strong. She can handle it because I need Michelle to help this person.
0: Wow.
1: Yes. And I said, I think I finally reached a point to where now he said, Thank you. You've mm-hmm. helped so many. Now let me send those who's going to help you.
2: Wow. Amen. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. And you are just you're one of those people. Thank you that's Lord. That's there to help others. You're an empath. And you 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 I know I feel it and I see <laughs> it. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I like feel people yeah. their pain.
1: What,
0: yeah. I was going to say, that's even like that March 4th movement that you yes. went to.
1: That her all, March 4th movement. That
0: all came out of her head.
1: Yes, it did. To
0: put all that together, the p- specific people and what they were going to do. and
1: Do we want to talk about March 4th on the air yet? Yes. yes. Then yes. let's start talking. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> <laughs> we got 20 minutes. Okay, let's talk about okay. March 4th. <sighs>
2: Thank you, Lord. Okay. March 4th. Is a new movement that's been years, decades, centuries in the making. I'm just standing on the shoulders of giants. All right. Um, It came to me in 2017 to have each March 4th be a, a racial healing holiday. We honor Martin Luther King's legacy in January. In February, we celebrate Black History Month. And. I know, like I mentioned from past experience, mm-hmm. when you when you view that past, you have to make an intentional step to remember it without reliving it. So the Lord gave me the vision after we celebrate Martin Luther King, after we honor Feb, uh, Black History Month, we need to march forward. We need to march forth on each March Fourth. Yes, and so I had the vision for it to be a racial healing holiday. And uh, um, right now we live in Pontiac, Michigan.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I wanted to start with home. Um, I'm from Detroit, everybody. I'm from Detroit. Uh, went to Munford High School, graduated in. But I live in Pontiac with Ben now. So I wanted to start with where I live. And I work with the city council, went to um, several city council meetings, wrote a resolution. And this year, um, Pontiac, Michigan. Yes. Uh, the mayor signed a declaration. The city council voted unanimously it has been established, March fourth is a racial healing holiday. I was there. She was I was there. First, she was at our first. Mar- <laughs> see, see, the celebration you went to was mm-hmm. before it became a holiday. Okay. Because I had it made up in my mind. We doing this regardless. Um, to who? It was nice. I I enjoyed <laughs> it so much. Amen. Yes. Amen. So what we want to do is, um, we have a vision to help um, America reach racial reconciliation in our lifetime. We don't we really do not have an excuse to keep procrastinating this change mm-hmm. to say, oh, it won't happen in our lifetime? What we're also saying is that's I'll leave that for my grandchildren or my great grandchildren. That is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If we don't take a shift in our trajectory now, they won't have what we're dealing with, they'll have even worse if you can imagine it. Mm-hmm. And what, what character, um, skills, what maturity levels what's gonna uh, just pop up twenty forty years from now that we can't use right now?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: so I want to help people um reconcile with the with their past, reconcile with their families, um so we can have more faith in reconciling our nation mm-hmm. yes, I, I love it March fourth
1: um Martin luther King day, January, February, Black History Month, and we go March fourth to the rest of to the rest of the racial reconciliation within the year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on March 4th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So that's something that, you know, I'm 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 praying that it's going to be Pontiac
2: and Detroit for 2020. Um well, hopefully I want I want to have it a national holiday by 2020. Okay. I'm working on it. Okay. Um so yeah, so Detroit, uh, Chicago, Indiana, <laughs> Indianapolis, Atlanta, yes, Texas, Oklahoma. I got the steps um, needed to take to make it a national holiday. So, yes, that's that's the vision. That's the vision. I
1: told y'all she's amazing, didn't I? <laughs> so Ben knew you. I got I got to talk about the two of them real quick. Mm-hmm. So Ben knew you as a young lady in church. Mm-hmm. How did you two come together? What Ben? How did you know she was the one for you? Hmm. Just look at her. Just look at her. Look, she like get up to the mic. Tell them <laughs> I want you to speak up loud and get clear. Get deep in there.
0: Get deep in there.
1: So, <laughs> tell uh, us, Ben. Like
0: sit, like when what you said. Also, God will allow you to go through some things. I went through some things uh, prior to us getting together, and and it allowed me. To slow down and look around and say, hey, I want to be with somebody who I believe will be a blessing to me. And, and there she was. So God let us go through our own storms and then meet each other and to be a blessing to each other.
1: That's awesome. Amen. And I have to ask. So when you went to visit her that mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. and she couldn't look at you mm-hmm. and she looked up.
0: hmm. That was my baby. That was your baby. And I am i was glad she was all right because she was in a bad way. And uh, God blessed her through that. Amen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And you loved her through it. Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. I think she shared, what was it? The fact that after we got married, your life was just filled with so much peace and so much this stability. If mess with you after being through so much trauma. Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Um Woo uh see that that takes me to why I cannot stand it right now when people say, I'm keeping it real. I'm <laughs> keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. <laughs> First of all, and I was telling this to I was speaking to a group of teenage female inmates um last month and I was telling them, let's talk about what it means to to keep it real. Mm-hmm. When somebody tells you that I'm keeping it real, and the only thing that they are talking about is things that are negative, things that are, you know, uh things, mistakes, uh, when they fall short, uh, when they do something they don't want to do, when it's just basically um something be uh lower than what they aim for, I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. So so basically what we're saying is what's real is not our best. What's real is less than um, our potential. Mm-hmm. So after growing up in a place where keeping it real meant uh, being abused, mm. keeping it real meant um, financial lack and poverty, keeping it real meant uh, uh, just um, generational patterns of dysfunction keeping it real meant all of this toxicity. So I literally and I know I'm down alone believed reality was chaos. So when I get married, when I when I actually cuz I I was going to uh I started healing and coming out of things even before we got married which helped me to get married mm-hmm. <laughs> to a healthy person. Um and I, I started living with him and you know as husband and wife and it was um just so peaceful it was the first peaceful home I lived in I had a hard time adjusting to that reality see if keeping it real is dysfunction then surely this is not real where I'm at you know especially if I was taught that love joy and peace is in heaven
1: mm-hmm.
2: love joy and peace is on the by and by that's on the other side so long story short because I know we gotta wrap the show up um I had to adjust to reality and I had to learn that love is real joy is real peace is real kindness is real right so here. yes so i I can say we'll keep it 100 I'll go with keep it 100 mm-hmm. because fear does exist worry does exist you know mm-hmm. we can have victory over those things but that keeping it real thing got down to my subconscious to the point where I didn't believe the blessing that God had given me
1: you have been blessed so much
2: thank you lord
1: that you had to get to a point of acceptance mhm
2: mhm yes yes and it's real it's real <laughs> um p- people may look at us and say oh you know they 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 don't go through things y'all just heard this man visit me in a mental hospital <laughs> So, <laughs> and you
0: think about all the medical things. That we went yes, through, I, like, I almost died, died right before we got married. I almost died right
2: before they got married. I had blood clots in both my lungs, you know, caught myself going on birth control, so we didn't have a baby right before we got married. I mean, we have been through storms, but that smile is real. His smile is real because we both have a deep in, uh, relationship with the Lord individually. And collectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, it's, it's all real. It's all real. That's 100. That's keeping it 100. <laughs> Every, you know what? If
1: you <laughs> tell me a couple that has made it to the altar, mm-hmm. that's made it through a year, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 50 years, so on. And they don't have arguments, they don't have issues, they don't have storms, they don't have tornadoes, tsunamis and <laughs> oh <my laughs> <there a> <laughs> and everything else, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that's somebody who's not keeping it hundred. Okay. Yeah. They keep yeah. it real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: wow. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: because that's what relationships are about, but you have to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. After the argument mm-hmm. so that you can keep it a hundred and yes. can let that love keep going. Yes. yes. And that's what a lot of people don't understand about relationships today. They're not, they shouldn't be disposable mm-hmm. just like, our feelings and thoughts should not be disposable. Mm. We have to respect each other. And yes. that's what your hatred to healing w- is about respect. Yes. It's about mutual respect. Racial reconciliation is about respect. Yes.
2: Yes. I was listening to um, Detroit today. Ben is like my uh, research director. He, I okay. mean, he makes sure that I, 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 I'm i up on the latest articles, interviews um you know just the latest conversations that we were listening to all right
1: ben yeah
2: <laughs> so uh he had me listen to one of these uh local radio stations on the uh Detroit today was at the Detroit mm-hmm. today show today mm-hmm. on WDT, on WDT. Yeah. and um there was a caller he was a caucasian and he um he was confessing that he had some racist um things going on in his mind and he was literally searching for a space where he can Heal and grow and and, and improve. And um, one of the other guys that was on the show, um, I think he might have been African-American male. He said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, we're raising all this awareness so people can know that racism exists and hatred exists and it's working. People want to change. Now are we going to um, be, uh, are we going to embrace those who are reaching out and say, okay, it's me. OK, I, I want to be a part of progress. I, I want to be a part of the healing. I don't want to be left behind. I, I, I want to uh, change this generational pattern in my family. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I want to help people um, have healthy, healthier conversations.
1: I want to help, too because <laughs> That's what we need. Yes. yes, yes. We need spaces for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we we Space to yeah. share, to share. Because yeah. that's mm-hmm. what the
0: issue they were talking about is that if I share with you my the the ugly things I've thought in my head, will you just judge me and put a, a mark on me? And he said uh, a, a mark of uh, uh, a a racism. Yeah, yeah. like the scarlet letter. Yes, yeah, yes. yes. and that's yeah. where it stops. But no, no, it's Like this is this is who I am. This is how I felt. But where do we go from here?
1: We need to find a place. For racial reconciliation conversations where there won't be any attacks. Well, yeah. I'm
2: working on it. I actually yeah. launched a nonprofit called Friends of Reconciliation. Our our acronym is FOR4. Mm-hmm. And I tell people we have to be louder about we stand for than what we are against. We are, yes. And so we are um we're actually seeking fundraising for our initiatives right now. You go, if, our website is wearefor.love and um, we are building this curriculum. I'm working with Dr. Robert Martin, who is a professor or organizational leadership professor at Oakland University. Okay. like Lord have mercy, we are working on um, just giving people tools, and I can give you just three three. I have five uh, tips on how to have a constructive conversation. Okay. And they all rhyme because I'm a poet. I love to rhyme, and it, mm-hmm. e- it makes it easier to remember. But I'll give you the first three tips, um, and I'll just shoot through them. Come on. Um, the first tip is when when you come when you come um, across the racial narrative, and this this goes even in marriage and friendships. But we're talking about racial uh, mm-hmm. healing. The first step: hesitate. Okay. All right. Now you know the Bible say "Be slow to speak." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This right here is so powerful because now you're gathering yourself and you're listening. And um, it's important to listen because the next step after you hesitate is to validate. Now, I got this through some of the marriage counseling that me and Ben went through. Okay. Where you just sit and you um, repeat what the person says to you, whether you agree with it or not, and let them know I'm with you, I'm hearing you because we're going somewhere. This conversation, it's a journey. We have an objective, which a big part of this is, having your mind focused on the objective. Mm -hmm. So after you hesitate and you validate, you let Mm -hmm. them know, I heard you. This is what you're saying. Am I hearing you right? You got to check to say, am I hearing you right? Yes, that's what you think. Okay, now after you validate, the next step is participate. Share your point of view. And there's two other steps that we're going to teach in the workshop on how we can take the conversation, take the narrative from hatred to healing. You Know from a place of hopelessness to hope. I mean, we, we have so much misunderstandings, and it's just tools that we can use to help us get through. Mm-hmm. So, um, we are we are uh for dot love,
1: okay? We are for that for mm-hmm. we are for for dot love, yes, mm-hmm. okay, and I want to tell everyone, I know this has been great. We are going to have Alicia and Ben back in September. <laughs> <laughs> and because this is part one, there's so much more here. There's so much yeah. more here because we really didn't get to the poetry and the books. And oh. and there's so, much, there's so much here that I would love to have you guys come back. We're going to book a day in September All to right. get you back. Thank you. And we have only a couple of minutes, so I'm going to ask you to take us
2: out. With a poem, okay. A couple minutes. Um, I, I do want to say you can go to AliciaDavis.com to hit, to see my uh, books and poetry and T-shirts and all that. Yes, that's A L I C E A D A V I S. And so the poem I'm going to go out is one of the ones that I start my shows with when I when I'm performing my spoken word. God is healing the world. One country at a time. He's healing the countries. One community at a time. He's healing the communities. One family at a time. He's healing the families. One relationship at a time. He's healing the relationships one person at a time. And he is using me to heal the people with just one poem at a time. Amen. Thank you. All right, everybody.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have any questions for Alicia, for Ben, for me, just Leave the questions at lovelogical.com. Info at lovelogical.com. You have Alicia Davis, A-L-I-C-A. That's A-L-I. A A L I C E A D A V I S dot com mm-hmm. and. Ben, thank you for joining us today. This is their date night, so I appreciate (laughs) being a part of it. And I will see you all next week, Tuesday. And I have a very special guest that is going to come with us, and you're going to learn about etiquette next week. Mm -hmm. See you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye.